Let's go to Acts chapter 2 tonight, please. We're going to return to our Sunday night series through the book of Acts. We had a couple week break due to Saintspiration last week. State of the church address the week before that. We're ready to get back into the book of Acts and study what it means to be a church in action. Last time we concluded studying the events of the day of Pentecost. We spent 12 weeks looking at Pentecost. So uh, there's no way I could briefly recap what we covered in that time span. If you missed any of it, I invite you to please take the time to go and listen. We, we post them out there for you. Amen. So let's get to it tonight. Acts chapter 2, let's read verses 42 through 47. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. We begin tonight with our theme for the year, and they continued steadfastly. I've already preached this thought. I don't want to get too deep into this, I don't reckon. But I am going to talk about it nonetheless. They all agreed to be earnest toward some things. It was things they had already begun because we read that they are continuing in those things. There are certain things that we don't need to change. It's okay to utilize technological advancements. It's okay to find more efficient ways of doing things. There's nothing wrong with attempting different ministry ventures. But there are things which need to be left alone. In the modern church movement we are witnessing in our day, there are seminars that will come in and show the pastor and his staff how they can transition their church from a traditional church to what is known as the emergent church. I don't want to take a deep dive into that, but in short, the emergent church is one which has decided that it is best to flow with the cultural changes of the day. The idea is to be relevant or more easily relatable to the lost when we are gathered together as a church body, and they do so by lowering biblical standards of holiness. And they intend to appeal to those who have come to, to view church itself as the obstacle to their faith instead of the church being a help to grow in their faith. We know there's changes all around us in our nation. I'm just simply telling you, it's not just affecting the secular world any longer, it's in the church. I believe with all my heart that we are witnessing the great falling away spoken of in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 3. Apostasy is here. Our so-called churches are offering strange fire before the Lord, which He commanded them not. They are making an uncertain sound. They are changing God's pattern. Proverbs 24, verses 21 and 22, My son, fear thou the Lord and the King, and meddle not with them that are given to change. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and 
Who knoweth the ruin of them both? Changes all around us. Governmentally, academically, medically, socially, and it's even within churches. The Bible warns us not to follow a multitude to do evil. We are told to ask for the old paths and to walk therein. We're not to remove the ancient landmarks. That's the old boundaries that God has set. In this nation of change, both secularly and spiritually, I am challenging us to be that church who is determined by the grace of God to continue steadfastly. We don't need to tinker around with the fundamentals. We are staying with what we have in place. I believe the first generation of this church put everything in place that needs to be. We just need to strengthen those things and keep them going. Now we have an outline here in verse 42 of some things we need to continue steadfastly in. We find that it is the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. We are to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They were continuing in what the apostles had been taught. Who did they learn their doctrine from? They learned it from the Lord Jesus Christ. They were instructed by Jesus and therefore they are actually continuing in God's doctrine. It wasn't just the apostles came up with some stuff they wanted to believe. And we don't have the Lord physically walking among us today and we don't have these apostles among us today. So how are we to continue in the apostles' doctrine? Well, we do so by adhering to the Word of God, which was penned by God's men down through the ages. In fact, our New Testament is got books in it that contain the names of the apostles who wrote them. <laughs> Amen. It's the apostles' doctrine. We have it. Better still, we have the Lord's doctrine. And we are to continue in the Bible. We continue steadfastly in His Word. God's Holy Word is our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. We don't deviate from it. The church culture of our day says it's okay to have female pastors that it's okay to have gay and lesbian pastors, that it's okay to have transgendered pastors. But we aren't to change with the cultural norms of our day. We don't shift with those winds of doctrine that blow children to and fro. But we stay with the old book. We stay with the Word of God because what God has said is still right in 2022. The church culture of our day has tried their best to blend many different faiths faiths into one and suggest that all roads are ultimately leading to God. But the Bible still says that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. We're staying with Christ. The church culture of our day says churches should look, act, and sound more like the world in order to attract the world in. But the Bible still says, Give unto the Lord glory due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. We're going to continue with holiness. Listen, I want to tell you tonight, God's Word still works. Christ still works. Holiness still works. And we don't need to change what God has prescribed for the benefit of His saints in a sad effort to make the lost feel better when they come in here. I don't want the lost comfortable in the church. I want them saved. What about our youth group? Surely you can agree that, you know, if we're going to reach our youth and we got to get super creative, overload our calendar with youth activities. Try to get this point. 
if all we ever try to do is entertain our children into Christianity, then when the entertainment no longer rises to their level of expectation, they will go somewhere else. If this is our approach to reaching young people, then we are missing it. The church is never called to out-entertain the world. And the fact is, the church never will be able to out-entertain the world. They specialize in it. And we look goofy trying to outdo it. Some churches are trying desperately to copy what the world is doing. Eventually, any young person who has only been drawn to a church through worldly means, it's only a matter of time until they realize, wait a minute, I can get all this without any of the judgment out there in the world. Young people can see right through hypocrisies. Your children can see through your hypocrisies. They can tell when a youth leader isn't as cool as he thinks he is. They can tell when a 44-year-old man is no longer 16. Now, we have a cool youth leader, amen? He's every man. But here's what we have purpose to do at Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. Instead of trying to entertain our young people to Christianity, we've decided to give them what the world can never give them. That is the love of God and the Word of God. They can choose whether to receive it or to reject it. We give them the truth of God's Word. Brother and Sister Long, give our teens the Word of God. Let them know that they love them and that they're loved by God. I promise you that what took place at Silver State this past summer wasn't a result of being entertained all the time throughout the year. It was because God's Word and His love was at work in the heart. And it's because I know the Long's purpose to pray and to give our teens the Word of God. Now, I love events along the way. Lord willing, I'll be able to race at Flags and Wheels. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but our emphasis here is not to be the entertainment. We are going to continue steadfastly with giving the Word of God. And we can say the same thing across all of our church ministries. Our young adults, our patch and peewee workers, our junior church workers, our bus workers, our Sunday school teachers, our jail and nursing home uh, ministries. Any other ministry I may have forgotten, so don't get offended. We all present the Word of God. Display the love of God because this is what the world cannot give through their entertainment. And to all of you who are faithfully ministering to our young people, please hear me well. You do not need to worry about being relatable. That's a lie from Satan to get you to stop from ministering. We don't need relatable ministers. You think John the Baptist was relatable eating honey and locusts dressed in camel's hair? He'd have been kicked out of the sword conferences and... You think Elijah was different? Think a man who could call down fire and consume the armies was well accepted? We don't need people that are relatable. We need ministers who are full of the Holy Ghost, who will stand week after week after week and proclaim God's word. This is why our primary focus in our adult Sunday school hour is the Word of God. This is why we preach from the Word of God on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. 
Some people do not like that and they have left as a result. And I said, as long as I'm the pastor, we're preaching the Word of God. This is why we get preached to at men's prayer breakfast. Great message Saturday, brother. Thank you. For those listening at home, that was Tyler Brock, ladies and gentlemen. Tyler Brock. (laughs) This is why we get preaching at men's prayer breakfast. This is why when the ladies gather, gather together for their meetings, they get preaching. This is why we're going to get preaching at our sweetheart banquet on Friday. Our ladies retreat, our missions conference, our men and boys camp out, our God and country rally, Silver State Baptist youth camp, family camp, our jubilee, our watch night service. We're going to get preaching. Why all this emphasis on the Word of God? Because Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. We don't need less of the apostles' doctrine. Amen. We need more. God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. Acts chapter 6 and in verse 7, And the word of God increased. Did you catch that? The word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multitude in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Some churches tend to be like our government, ever expanding in size and becoming more and more complicated every year. But the formula is really quite simple. Continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If ye continue in My word, then are ye My disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 2. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember Me in all things, and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. Paul told the Colossians in Colossians uh, chapter 1 and verse 23, Continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. 2 Peter 3 verses 17 and 18, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. I'm convinced that the vast majority of the people that come in here are not looking for something that the world is offering, but I believe they come here into this nuthouse Baptist church where we still look old-fashioned because they're genuinely wondering, is there something different from the world? What do you have to offer me? And I don't think they're asking it in the way that's a bad way. I think they're wanting to know, what is truth? Why then would we seek to be like the world? I know you're here because you want to hear the Word of God. You want to receive something from God's Word. I can't overemphasize what a pleasure it is to pastor this church. We're not shutting down Sunday nights. We're not looking to shut down Wednesday. People are coming. We're preaching the Word of God. You know what the pastors out there are telling me? You know why you're growing? You're compromising. Independent Baptist pastors. How sad. Listen, God's blessing us not because we are something. But it's because we know the entrance of His Word giveth light. 
So we're going to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. We're going to stay true to the word of God. We're going to let God be true, but every man a liar. Say, what does that mean? That means we're not going to compromise doctrine. If we have book, chapter, verse, that's what we do. I'm always asking the Lord, Lord, if we're doing something wrong, please show me. We're not going to meddle with change. Next, we see in verse 42, we need to continue in fellowship, Brother Mitchell. Fellowship. This is not our strong point. Me and Adam. The rest of y'all are great. Fellowship. All kidding aside. Fellowship is our partnership with other believers in the gospel. It is, our, it is also our social interaction with one another. We are stronger together than we are separately. The wild beasts which feed off the flocks, they try to get the young one aside from the, the herd or the weak one or the old one. Once they separate that one from the herd, they gnash upon it, devour it, and they eat it. We need the fellowship of the saints. We need the encouragement of one another. We need to exhort one another to edify one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. This is what they continued in. And, and it could very well be, listen, when you're, when you're going through persecution, you probably are united a little bit tighter. They needed each other. So do we. We are the family of God. We ought to love to hang out with one another. Discuss the things of God together. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 25 and 26, that there should be no schism in the body, no division. But that the members should have the same care, one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. It's okay to be vulnerable. We got some that want to act like super spiritual Christians that nothing ever penetrates their rhino skin. It's okay to be vulnerable. Because we're to help each other. We're to pray for each other. We're to care for each other. Don't act like you don't need the fellowship of the saints. The Bible says we're here to bear one another's burdens. We need fellowship. There's another criticism I get from time to time, and it's one that I don't mind receiving. And that is we're too church-oriented. I didn't know that was a bad thing. Some don't understand the principle I'm talking about, and they actually view church-wide functions as a negative. And they've left. They've told me. Y'all don't do enough small groups around here. I say, well, we do have some small, I mean, we have Sunday school, we have men's meetings, we have ladies' meetings. But we're not going to cancel a church service in favor of small groups. Y'all always seem to fellowship together. I didn't get the memo. I figured it's good if we can all get along with sweet accord. It is the biblical way. I'm thoroughly pleased with the family atmosphere we have developed here. A church ought to be a family. 
we being many members are one body. I love that people hang out after the service together in fellowship. Now tonight it's an exclusive fellowship downstairs, amen. <laughs> you want a small group? Read your Bible through. <laughs> Keep hanging around. Keep fellowshipping. I think it was Mike Sullivan had the bright idea last year. We had a warm day or something. Brought a watermelon out there, cut it up for everybody to eat on the way. I love that. I don't love watermelon, but I love the idea. Yeah, I hate watermelon. I know, soccer. So what? Unsouthern. Unsouthern? Un-American. Un-American. Anybody not like watermelon? Thank you. Southern boy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's the new small group right there. There's six of us that don't like watermelon. Amen. I can stomach it, but I got to put salt all over it. And... See, that's a southern thing right there. That's why we all retain water so good. Amen. <laughs> Put that salt on it. Keep fellowshipping with people. And can I just say, remember to always be welcoming to new people. Amen. Sometimes the danger in a family church setting is you get your little click. And then you lose sight of the new folks. And you need to welcome them in. Welcome them into the family. As pastor, I have observed that those who leave the most from here are those who come in last and leave first. Just an observation. I mean, I used to do that when I was here before, so I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. I did. Me and Adrian would drive separate because I would leave. This was the only church that never made fun of me for that. Every other church went, is your husband too good for us? This is the only church that never cared. They're like, I don't care what you're getting. Let's go. You know, they get picked off because they're not continuing in fellowship. You need more than just preaching. I love that we have church-wide events. And there's nothing wrong with Sunday school classes getting together, our owls getting together that has its place and it's very beneficial. But let's always be a church who enjoys church-wide fellowships. You might be one who doesn't need interaction quite as much as another. Amen. But I hope you can admit you still need fellowship of the saints. And we should continue steadfastly in fellowship. You've seen all those signs, those bumper stickers, you know, salt life. River life. How about church life? I want us to consider the coastal redwood, redwood trees for just a moment. They grow to heights of over 300 feet, over 16 feet in diameter. And you look, at a, you look at a redwood and they look so strong and so sturdy. But did you know that a redwood tree will never grow to those great heights without other trees around them? It's impossible. They actually grow so large because they grow as communities. They cannot grow to be the tallest tree on earth alone. And it's because for a tree so large, they have 
very shallow roots. For a tree that can grow well over 300 feet, the roots only go down 10 to 13 feet. And on the west coast, when you get those winter storms that tend to have high winds, it can easily blow over a redwood tree by itself. While the roots only go down 10 to 13 feet, they spread out 60 to 80 feet. And as they spread out, they begin to interweave with other roots of redwood trees. And in fact, they have been known to even infuse together. And they can help provide nutrients to one another. Without this, the winds would easily blow them over and the rains would easily cause the the ground to wash away and knock them over. Think about the two houses at the end of Matthew chapter 7. There was a house built on the rock, a house built on the sand. They both went through the same storms. What were the storms? The rains descended, the winds blew, and the floods came. The way the redwood tree is able to endure the violent storms and the flooding rains out there and to keep from toppling over is because they interlock their roots. They provide each other strength and support from their roots, intertwining and embracing one another. In fact, there's, there's one phenomenon with them. They, they make a circle. And you can look up and see a circle in the sky, and they, they've grown in a circle. And it makes them stronger. They need the other trees in that community, if you will. The whole system of the Redwoods is built upon their roots being connected. And a church family is to be like the Redwoods. Our roots must go wide and interlock with each other. We cannot stand alone. But we need one another. We need one another. There's times you need somebody. Something came up this past year at family camp and I had nowhere to turn. The first person I saw heading my way was Ken Long. I said, Ken, I need to pray right now. And we went off alone and just prayed. Never told him what it was about. Sometimes you need people. And those roots have to go out and they have to interlock with each other and you have to embrace one another. If we're to grow strong and we're to grow tall, it's going to be as we're supporting each other. It brings us stability. It helps us grow and mature. We need this fellowship in our lives if we're going to keep growing. The Bible says we're to be rooted and grounded in love. That we are to be rooted and built up in Christ and established in the faith. And so all of this is obviously depends upon how we're abiding in Christ. You can bear no fruit unless you're in the vine. So it starts with Christ, but then listen, God also has designed it to where our fellowship is beneficial for us. So we need to continue steadfastly in fellowship. Let's try to finish this verse real quick. Next in verse 42, we see that we're to continue steadfastly in the breaking of bread. This either means continuing to observe the Lord's Supper, or it means to be hospitable to each other and enjoying fellowship over meals together. Amen. That's what Baptists excel at. By the way, you can sign up for supper for six. I don't like it either. Just sign up. Just sign up. I got stuck with the Brocks and the Wells. I mean, wow, that went over good. Amen. Um, that's a sign I got to hurry. Um, but listen, whatever it means here, we're to continue in both. 
I personally believe it's probably talking more about the, uh, the Lord's table here. But we are to be hospitable to one another. Uh, the Lord's table pictures the blood and the body of Christ, and that's what unifies us as a church to begin with. We gather together because of our commonality in Christ. He purchased the church. He is the head of Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. And when we break bread, it brings us together. The, the way we do it, I believe, is biblical. We, we get right with God before we break bread. Uh, we confess sin. We try to get right with one another. I know that's something we ought to be doing all the time, but when we break bread and we continue in that, it's a special time to focus on that. Get a right heart with God and each other. Finally, we see we're to continue steadfastly in prayers. And yes, we're going to keep our Wednesday night prayer meeting. Amen. And we're going to keep men's prayer breakfast. Amen. Ladies, I don't know if you're praying at ladies' meeting, but maybe I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll stand in the shadows one day and, and see what actually goes on there. Amen. Just like preaching, we don't need less prayer time, but we need more. I hope you're taking our Wednesday night meeting seriously and not stumbling in late just to avoid prayer. Now, I know you can pray anywhere, anytime, but God also delights in corporate prayer. It's when we are gathered together in one place, in one accord, and in prayer that God begins a great work within a church body. We need the prayers of the saints for each other. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the Word of God with boldness. Ephesians six eighteen, Praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So in closing... How are you doing in these four areas? We've looked at it from a corporate level, but how about from a personal level? Are you continuing steadfastly in doctrine? Not just in here. It's easy to continue steadfastly in doctrine in here. But what are you continuing in outside of here? Are you showing the right doctrine? Are you continuing in fellowship? Not all of us have the same needs there but we can admit that it's healthy for our church. We will continue breaking bread together. We must continue in prayer. These areas will make us strong as a church body. It will help us individually. And by the way, we won't have a strong church if we don't take care of what we're supposed to be doing as individuals. Let's continue steadfastly. Let's pray.